You're listening to the Ready to Go podcast, where we equip Christians to engage culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it's great to be with you again here on the Ready to Go podcast. I'm your host, John Christensen, again with Pastor Dave Gibson. Well, today we're going to be talking about a topic that often makes people's stomachs churn, and that is street evangelism. If you've been around a church for any amount of time, you probably have heard of people that head out on the streets and share the gospel with strangers. And maybe you're someone who's thought, you know, I I could never do that. That would be awkward. That would be forced. I wouldn't know what to say. But the reality is that if we do it well, it can be something that is natural. And it also has great benefits, not only for the people that we're talking to in the moment, but also for our relational evangelism skills when the Lord brings those opportunities in everyday life. So Dave, would you walk us through how does this work? What are the benefits of street evangelism and how do we do it naturally? John, great to be with you. You know, there's several approaches to evangelism, and this is just one approach. You know, you see biblical examples of proclamation evangelism, where Peter's proclaiming the gospel to the masses. You see uh, the proclamation evangelists like Billy Graham, Luis Palau. Uh, Then there's contact evangelism, where you go up and you have uh, opportunities to connect with strangers. And then the third approach is relational evangelism, and that's where most people land. We talk about relentless relational evangelism, but today we're talking about contact evangelism. How can you engage in spiritual conversations with people that you come into contact with? You don't necessarily have an an ongoing relationship with them, but the Lord clearly uh, uh, orchestrates divine appointments and opens up doors for the gospel. Uh, why do we do it? Well, Christ did it himself. You, you look at the life and ministry of Jesus. He was always going in the highways and byways and the cities and villages. He was teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel, and healing every kind of disease and sickness. We see that in Matthew 9 and all throughout the gospels. Jesus commanded us to go. Uh, the apostolic, apostolic Christians went. They went to the synagogue where people were responsive. They went to the households where people were closest to the responsive. They went house to house in Acts 20, 18 to 21. We see uh, where they specifically went house to house, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And they often went in public places. So we see biblical examples and precedent for doing street evangelism. I don't recommend going up and doing the gospel grenade approach. A lot of people do that. I think that's why there's a lot of misunderstandings or people are buttonholing people and being really insensitive, and that's not the way to do it. But the Holy Spirit clearly establishes divine appointments. We see, you can look in Acts chapter 8, 26 to 38, we see the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where clearly the Lord establishes this divine appointment, and this Ethiopian eunuch ends up coming to Christ, Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And God accomplishes something in every divine appointment. Sometimes it's a, it could be a profession of faith, but You know, the scriptures say one will plant and another will water, and ultimately it's the Lord who will bring forth the increase. And uh, so there's a great opportunity for planting seed, and there's a process leading to evangelism and conversion. Uh, We reference the Engel scale, where there's this continuum where people are somewhere along that continuum, and we don't know. Only the Holy Spirit knows that. It also increases opportunities to evangelize needy people, to provide on-the-job training opportunities, to keep your evangelism knife sharp. And 
And so there's a lot of benefits to this. And uh, we, I like to do it. I, I like to, I, I often say people who don't share pe- Christ with people they don't know are probably the people that don't share Christ with that they do, that they do know. So part of it is you have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. The comfort zone is the danger zone. And uh, it does feel awkward at times, especially if you don't know somebody. Uh, most people have a hard time going up and talking about the weather with a stranger, let alone something as personal and intimate as uh, the spiritual issues in a relationship with Jesus. But uh, the Lord empowers us, and we need to begin with prayer and pray. In Colossians 4, 3, Paul says, pray for me as well, that God will open up a door for the ministry of the word, that I can speak forth the mystery of Christ. So we do pray for divine appointments. We pray for open doors of opportunity. And Paul said, pray for me too in Ephesians uh, 6, 19 and 20, that uh, words will be given to me that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel that I can boldly proclaim it as I should. That doesn't mean we stand on the soapbox and we're preaching the gospel at people or, or uh, using an insensitive approach. We, we, we need to really be sensitive to where people are. Jesus always met people at one of two points. He met them at points of interest and he point, met them at points of need. And one of the things when we go out into the community, we can find out what are people's interests, what are their needs. And uh, ministry is really just finding a need and meeting it. We, so we lead with prayer and uh, prayer for open doors, prayer for prepared hearts and pray that God will give us those natural opportunities to, to share Jesus with others. Uh, a couple of approaches, we, we, we've got a questionnaire uh, evangelism uh, approach and uh, there's, uh, we can make that available to people uh, where you come and you, first of all, introduce yourself to a stranger. You can go, we usually encourage people to go in mixed groups of men and women combined. So uh, it doesn't get awkward if you're talking with someone, a member of the opposite sex. Uh, indicate the church or group that you represent. So it kind of takes you out of the cult category. A lot, oftentimes people will say, oh, here comes another one of those Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. Uh, so identify yourself, introduce yourself, be gracious, have a smile on your face. Make sure you have a good breath, mint. It's an important thing. State your purpose. Why are you here? We're in the community. We like to pray for people. And you introduce yourself. And uh, by first name only, they don't won't remember your last name. And introduce your group. State your purpose. Uh, we're here in the community. We like to get people's opinions about life and faith. Would you be open to answering a few brief questions? So we keep it in a brief uh, time parameter so we're not taking up a lot of their time and ask them if they'd be willing to answer a few brief questions. We've got some suggested questions that people can use. Uh, You can use your own, whatever works best for you. But uh, one would be, uh, do you have any kind of religious background? Uh, Another question, uh, how would you describe your spiritual journey? And uh, one I like to ask, a third question, if I was only going to ask three questions, the third one might be, uh, if you were to die today and you know for certain that you would go to heaven and have eternal life and get their answer to that. And uh, I say, well, thank you for answering those questions. I'm really interested in how you answered that last one. If you had a few more moments, would you have uh, just a a minute that I could share uh, my testimony? our testimony and uh, how we came to know that we have eternal life. That's where we introduce this whole idea of the one minute, the minute to witness. And you have your uh, testimony and uh, before you came to Christ, how you came to Christ and after you came to Christ. 
and ask them, do you have a story like that? And oftentimes they won't. It's not a, a scripted approach, but uh, the Lord in the process will open up uh, people's hearts and minds. And if they aren't interested, you, you're very respectful. Thank you for your time. Appreciate that. I've got a little my story. This is my testimony of how I came to faith in Jesus Christ. My life was changed. Would you mind if I left it with you? If they didn't want to answer any questions. So there's always an opportunity to make some kind of spiritual deposit, but to do it respectfully, uh, to do it uh, with gentleness and respect. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an account of the hope that lies within you to those who ask you, to those who are open. And uh, the Bible says we need to do it with gentleness and respect, with that kind of attitude. Then I would go through my testimony, how I came to Christ, before, how, before, before, how, and after, and then present the gospel if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, just real quickly, uh, we do this all the time on missions trips. We have go teams that go out weekly, and uh, it, I just love to do it. I, I look for one opportunity every day. I don't, I don't always use a questionnaire, but I, I like to engage with people. And uh, really, it's building a heart, uh, a bridge from your heart to that person's heart, a relational bridge, a redemptive bridge that Jesus could walk across that bridge and touch their life. So I really want to take a genuine interest in that person, uh, smile, use their name, be a good listener, so ask good questions, and show appreciation, do it sincerely, and talk in terms of their interests, and then uh, look for that natural opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Quickie story, I, I know I'm getting a little long here, but uh, we were in Africa in the slums of Kawangwari, 800,000 people living in this slum, abject poverty, uh, and, and we just had countless opportunities to share Jesus Christ with people doing street evangelism. We prayed before we went. We went as a team, and people often were very, very nervous. But it's, it's uh, the highlight of our, our time uh, in, in, uh, when we're together and we're out sharing the good news of Jesus because God just really moves in a powerful way because the Holy Spirit's involved. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll be his witnesses. I came across a man who was selling some old beat-up electricity. Uh, it's really garbage, but it was electronic equipment trying to make a squeak by a living there in the slums of Kawangwari. And I went up to his, his name was Patrick. His eyes were just glazed over, almost to where they were white. With uh, He was so inebriated and had been drinking. And I wondered if it would even be worth it to talk to Patrick. And uh, we began this conversation and asked him how life was going and like to pray for him. Asked him a few questions. And, and uh Sometimes when a person's under the influence of some kind of substance, it's not always a productive conversation. But in this case, Patrick was just locked into our conversation. And I said, Patrick, if you died today, do you know for certain that you'd go to heaven and have eternal life? He says, I have no idea. He says, but I'd really like to know. My life is a mess. And uh, I said, you know, Patrick, the Lord can clean up that mess and he can make you a brand new person. He can give you a new life, transform you. It's not becoming a Christian, coming to Jesus doesn't, isn't a bad person, becoming a better person. It's, we're, we're dead in our sins. It's, he brings dead people to life. And you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says you don't have to be drunk with wine, but you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he'll fill you with his love, his joy, his peace, and patience, and kindness, 
goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And the world is dying to have that kind of experience. And that's the fruit of the spirit of Jesus when he comes into our hearts. He makes us brand new. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a new life and give you a new beginning. Patrick broke down in tears and prayed and asked Christ into his life. It was just so beautiful. We hugged each other, and I had a chance to introduce him to Dr. David Katunga, who is coming down the street, the pastor of the Haduma Church right there in Kawangwari. And I encouraged him to come to the church the next day. Well, the next day we were out street witnessing again. And when I saw Patrick, I mean, he was unshaved. He was just looked a mess. He just smelled. It was just awful. The stench and the hadn't showered or cleaned up in a long time it was pretty apparent. Well, the next day, I hear this man hollering out, Dave. And he says, I'm changed. I'm changed. And here comes Patrick running towards us. He had clean clothes on. He was clean shaven. His eyes were clear. And here he was. I'd never seen such a radical transformation in one day. He was a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. I, I wish I could show you the pictures of him. Uh, I've got pictures of him on the before and the after, and I've never—I don't think I've ever seen such a radical transformation of the Lord bringing someone out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Imagine if we didn't take the initiative to go out into the streets and look, and pray for that one lost sheep. And I really believe that there's more people willing to hear the gospel than people willing to herald the gospel. So street. Evangelism isn't the only way to share Christ, but it's a wonderful, effective tool, and I really encourage people to consider it. We'll give you some tips online that hopefully will make you uh, better equipped to do it. Yeah, we'll definitely include those in, in the show notes. And that is something we do every Friday here at Grace. We head out and use this questionnaire method, and we really encourage people to, to jump on that. We we couple you with someone who's done it before. We don't just throw you to, to the wolves, but we have you be a prayer partner, and you can see how it's done, and you can grow in it. And it's a great way not only to sow the seed broadly, but then also really to grow in your own ability to evangelize. I know for me, working in a church, it's so good for me to be out in the world and to hear what lost people are saying and believing, and it just breaks my heart for the lost. And so it's something that I try and keep in my regular rhythm of my walk with the Lord is making sure I do go out and engage this lost world on our Friday Go teams. And that really is our our uh, challenge to you this, this week, is that you would head out on a, a Go team. If you're part of Grace Church, if you're not part of the Grace Church and listening in, grab a friend. Introduce yourself. Hey, we're, we're part, of, part of this church. We're out here asking people about questions of faith, uh, hearing what they believe. Would you be willing to, to take this short questionnaire? It'll take a couple minutes, and you can ask them these questions. We'll post those questions in the show notes. And it's amazing how open people are. Well, next week, we're going to have a surprise guest with us who's very near and dear to Dave and my heart. And so we hope you'll join us for that. But until then, keep sharing Jesus. Let's go. Let's go.